Zero Update for March 8th, 2020. I'm Felipe Nelson. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Chris Sologi. And this is going to be a more subdued version of the Day Zero Update because it's the time change just happened and we're still all kind of screwed up. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I wish we would stop doing that, really. Like, yeah. every, time, every time it happens, whether you go forward or back, it messes with you. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. No, you know how I usually say, like, you know, I want to come up, find out who it was that came out, came up with the idea of April Fool's Day, and go back in time, and then punch them in the dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to do the same thing to the people that came up with daylight savings time. <laughs> it was, uh, I don't know, it was. I think it was general. the Kaiser. Yes, yeah, some military dude. Germany in World War One. Yeah. So. Um, Oh, well, then all I have to do is go and piss on his grave then. Okay. Yeah, 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 it really simplifies the process. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that will work pretty well. Uh, So, yeah, we have a few stories to go over this week. Uh, It's kind of been a slow week, given that, uh, well, we'll talk about why. Uh, And, uh, yeah, if if you haven't uh, checked out last week's episode where we had uh, Fran Shergold and uh, John Duffel from uh, the Irregular Corporation on, Check that out. It was uh, it was a short little interview, but uh, it was pretty fun. Uh, yep. I kind of wish I could have gone longer, but yeah, by the end of it, I could kind of tell Fran was uh, not really feeling too good. So it was like, yeah, okay, I'll just stick to the script that I've got and not try to go too far out because uh, yeah, I don't want to keep her longer than I really had to. So, uh, but maybe we'll have him on, on again at another point. You know, you never know. Yeah. So uh, beyond that. Uh, let's get into what we've been playing, and, uh, well, PCBS, um, yeah, I'm not going to say too much there, because it's still one of those regular games I'm just going to keep playing. Uh, and and uh, last night I got uh, Street Fighter V CE on PC, um, thanks to... How do you like it? Um, it's actually really good. Yeah? Once you actually get it configured. Because <laughs> for reasons I can't understand... The game decided to start up in 1024 by 768 in a tiny window in the middle of my screen. Huh. That was very strange. Uh, And, of course, uh, before you can do anything in Street Fighter V, you have to go through about uh, 45 pages of notifications. (laughs) And... uh, uh, then there's the tutorial that you have to... that you, you get thrown right into, which you have to back out of. Uh... Before you can go into the options screen and fix it, so, uh, but yeah, once I got the uh, graphic settings like changed to the proper resolution and the quality settings, and it's it's fine. Uh, yeah, good good game so far. I haven't uh, like dug too far into the changes because you know I just got it last night and it was like yeah like twelve thirty when I started playing it. So, uh, yeah, it's. Considering that uh, I, w- I would have upgraded my PS4 version, uh, but considering that uh, through Fanatical I was able to get the full PC version for less than the upgrade price, uh, it made a bit more sense just to do that. So yeah, yeah, and you know it's crossplay anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I am tempted to try out that lag fix, but uh, apparently there's an official one that's going to be coming. So yeah, yeah. I might just hold off on that. Um, but yeah, so far, so good. I kind of wish they had done a little bit more with the interface because it's starting to look a little um, 
cluttered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's just way too much crap going on in there. But, but besides that, it's Street Fighter V. It's got... Which is weird, considering how clean it was when the game first launched. Well, yeah, well, that's because it had nothing in it. <laughs> <laughs> it had ranked match, and that was pretty much it. Oh, I, th- I thought you meant the HUD. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the HUD is... Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's... I mean... It's not the worst I've seen, so... Uh, nothing really beats uh, MK11s, though. There's, like, hardly anything there. <laughs> so, but, anyway. Uh, so that's kind of been it for me. What about you, Pat? Well, um, for me, I've I've still been on NHL 20 a little bit, but I've kind of eased off the video production for a while long enough to um, get through the 5.0 story content, or 5.2 story content in Shadowbringers, which is... Honestly, I'm not sure where they're going with it at this point, but I'm I have so much faith in the writing team that it doesn't worry me at all. Um, but this was definitely a very transitional patch for um for the game and probably heading toward the road to the next um to the next expansion with the next patch going on here, so we'll see what happens there. Um, also, I've been playing Arcade Archives Puzzle Bobble because that game is just fucking addictive and will always have me to some extent. And I've kind of done some things to the leaderboards on that game. <laughs> yeah, I kind I'm of noticed. Top 25 in high score mode, and I'm top 10 in the world on um, Caravan mode, which is basically a five-minute time attack. Hmm. So... Yeah, I'll, I'm going to be keeping at that and seeing how far I can take this. But it's, um, I knew I was good at Puzzle Bobble. I didn't know I was that good. Mm. <laughs> so we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, you should stream some of that. It'd be fun to watch. Yeah, never actually so, seen high level puzzle puzzle bobble. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was high level puzzle bobble. Honestly, <laughs> but um, also I'll be playing more fighting games here pretty soon some dlcs come out that i've been waiting for uh dragon ball fighter z um you know samurai showdown season two is underway now um there was something else i grabbed but uh it is oh yeah uniclear so really curious how that one shook out yeah but that's been my week all right all right uh, well, as for me, uh, well, the major one I've been was uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, still playing that, getting pretty far, pretty fun. But the big one I played was the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo, and uh, we'll be talking about that a little later yeah, on. No, we can talk about it now. I'm just, I, oh, just okay. put, I just put the note in there just to let people know it's there. So. Oh, okay. Okay, so uh, what do you want to know? Uh, yeah, how long is it, and, uh... Uh, the one, okay, it, it roughly took me about an hour to an hour and a half okay. to finish it. Um, and keep in mind, this is basically the version of what the original Final Fantasy VII's demo was, which was the bomber run. Um... Which was about an hour in itself, anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Uh... Well, actually, no, because the original was actually about 20 minutes. Mm. Uh, this one is about an hour to an hour and a half. And it, like, as far as, like, story-wise and visual-wise, it basically follows the same 
pretty much everything, almost almost right down to the dialogue. Mm. Um, but if you remember how that how the original bomber run went, is you know it's you and the other members of Avalanche. Um, you are sneaking into uh, the. Mako station. Uh, yeah, the station uh, from from Shinra Corp. And let you have, know it's pronounced Mako. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, basically, you're going into this uh, the reactor at this Mako processing plant, and you're trying to commit a little bit of eco terrorism, basically. Yeah. So, um, do they shy away from that fact at all, or do they? Oh just... no! <laughs> wow. They 100% tell you no. They they don't say it, but. It's pretty obvious what's happening here. Mm. Like nice. you, you're. In fact, you even get to, much like with the original demo, you get to set the timer. So mm. yeah, they're not shying away from it. It's like no, you are totally committing an act of eco terrorism here. Mm. Um, yeah, the, and, the one difference is that the uh, the big boss you have just kind of fucks everything up. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like kind of. Helps cause the explosion himself too. Well, he basically gets the the, the timer going down. Hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. So yeah, like as far as like the visuals go, it is absolutely breathtaking. Hmm. Like it really is. Like, and uh, keep in mind, Final Fantasy VII back in the day was graphically astonishing. Like today, now you know, like some all over a little over twenty years later, um, we look back at it and think, you know, it looks pretty primitive. But for the PS One back then, that was pretty amazing, hmm. you know. And I'll admit, there is some there is some charm to those old pre-rendered environments, yeah. um, and they pretty much like stick. Pretty close to, like, okay, so obviously it's in three dimensions now, and I'm sure not everything that you'll think of is there, but, like, you you, you play this demo, and it's like, yeah, I kind of remember sort of doing this, like, it was from top down, but, yeah, this is pretty similar. Uh, yeah, they even do a good job with the, a lot of the non-human en- enemies that you don't really th- think about, like, why the fuck do they have these weird flying eye monsters? Yeah, in this Mako reactor. Yeah, uh, and the, uh, the weird dog with the like the ponytail instead of oh well, that, the tail that's on his just back. yeah, well that, that's a guard dog. Hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, and the other things are, are hard to kill. Yep, they are, and they will absolutely kick your ass. <laughs> um, yeah. And you can also uh, there's also like as for the flying eye monsters, those are basically like droids, basically. Hmm. Um, and so, what else you want to know? Well, does it feel like an RPG, or is it like leaning really heavily on the action? Uh, well, that's kind of hard to hard to say because here's the thing: when I first started this thing up and was playing it, I was thinking, "Oh God, please don't make them just turn this into another stupid button mashing hack and slash." Because when the sort of like overall combat tutorial starts, you're basically like doing like the, you know, square, 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 square to do like a four hit combo. And you're thinking, oh, God, they really did turn this into a into a uh, 
hack and slash. But then what happens is you actually start, you know, getting more of like how the battle system works. What they've done is they have essentially, well, okay, technically you have like three different modes that you can do. Uh, the first mode, which is the basic mode, the normal mode, is a mixture of action RPG and turn-based RPG mechanics. Hmm. Um, there's also classic mode, which is more in line with like the battle system from like Final Fantasy twelve. Um, where there's like automatically attacks, but you're also like having to pre-plan all of your different commands and stuff. Okay. Um, and then there's the easy mode, which is basically just the normal mode, but easier. <laughs> um, the way the combat works is you've got like your basic attack, um, and you've also got like abilities and spells, and those you actually are, like, ones you actually have to, like, go into a menu and choose. Yeah. Um, and what happens is when you... Because basically you do this by first pressing the X button, which brings up the menu for the spells and abilities and stuff and items. Okay. And what it does is it slows down the action to, like, slow motion. So yeah. that it, it's still going, but it's, like, gone to, like, a snail's pace. So it gives you time to... Uh, go through your various things of what you want to do. If you remember with the old ATB system, there was a lot of like you sort of waiting for a meter to fill up. Yeah. That's actually what that part of the game is. Yeah, um, you need to fill up at least one bar to uh, pull off one of your abilities if they just require one bar or uh, use one of your spells or an item. Yeah. Which is very tough in that boss fight when I was getting worked because i didn't have the strategy up uh just yet at that point yeah uh which also made me kind of wish i could queue up abilities for both at the same time yeah and i want to emphasize don't go into this thinking it playing it like a hack and slash it will smear you all over the wall if you try to do that yeah you have to be you have to pay attention to your surroundings yeah know exactly Um, where you're at and what's where the like for that boss like you have to know exactly where he's facing to attack. Yeah. Uh you leave yourself open for attacks easily. Yeah. And of course, uh you'll want all of your bars filled up so you can do a limit break as well. Hmm. Those are all those are also still in there. Uh a lot of the like old classic spells and stuff are still in there. Um and abilities. Uh another thing that's unique is Basically, every character has a special, I guess I could call them form, that is specific to them. And it mostly has to do with, like, what their attacks are and what their weapons are. So, like, Cloud, for example. Cloud has two different forms that he can use. The first is the Operator. And the Operator is sort of the baseline. It's where it allows him to move quicker. He has, you know, medium effective attacks, and he can block. But if you press the triangle button, you then get what's called the... I think it's called the protector. Hmm. Protector form. Something which, like that. Yeah, which where you're not... You, your, your movement slows down a bit, but your attacks absolutely wreck everything around you. 
However, you can't block while you're using it. Hmm. Um, and then, like, another one is uh, Barrett. Uh, you do, because, you know, Barrett is in your party, so you also get to use Barrett. And that's actually another thing. You can pretty smoothly transition between both characters without any problem. Um, like it's just left and right on the D-pad? Yeah. Um, basically what happens is if you switch to another character, the AI takes over for the character you switched from and vice versa. So if you switch from Cloud to Barrett, you then take control of Barrett and the AI takes over for Cloud. Um, and Barrett, of course, you know what his weapon is. It's that machine gun arm of his. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's basically got two two attack patterns. The first, where it's just the regular machine gun arm, where he like fires off several rounds and then like puts out like a shotgun round. Or you can use his uh, other special form, which is basically akin to like an energy blast. Or like a or like a rocket launcher. Yeah, like it's like that one ability he would have where he just pulls up this like big shot that he yeah. shoots at the enemy. Hmm. Yeah. Also, uh, unlike Cloud Barrett, because he has a has a what's technically a firearm. Lol. He can uh, actually shoot at enemies that are like in the air or up on walls. Hmm. Um, Cloud is basically he can't like jump up to get because you know this so it thing does have like a up. rising attack he does have a rising attack but it's a special move he can't use it like a regular one um so like we we were talking about that boss fight um that boss will actually you know the ro- scorpion robot um that that boss will actually at times like hop up off the ground and attach itself to the wall so you'll then have to switch over to Barrett so that you can attack it, because um, he's far up on the wall and you know Cloud can't reach him with his sword. Um, yeah, the game it, the game puts a big emphasis on like you know make you know making sure of what your surroundings are, switching between uh, party members for you know for the appropriate response. Uh, Micromanaging all of your items and stuff. Yeah. Basically, what I'm saying is the demo was freaking incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, genuinely good. I wanted to hate it so much, and I couldn't. Mm. They have legit made something really awesome. Mm. I guess I'm going to download it and try it. What's the worst that can happen? (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Um, What else? Oh, yeah. Uh, they, They have... So uh, from what I've been what I've heard and what I've been reading is that you know they're planning on you know making the Final Fantasy VII remake a series and uh basically this part of the game this one that we're going to be playing mostly centers around um the name what's the, what's the freaking name of the city Midgard Yeah it pretty much all centers around Midgard which, God. when the game pulls back and you look at what Midgard looks like, it's like, yeah, I can see doing a whole game in here. Because Midgard is freaking enormous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, th- they've really, like, branched, sort of fleshed out, like, the other guys that are in Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Including Jesse, who I think kind of really steals the show. Mm-hmm. Because she is so thirsty for Cloud, it is not even funny. <laughs> Um, 
Oh, you could tell that in the original, though. Yeah, yeah but they uh, they make it less ambiguous here. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Cool. So. Uh, I will say, though, um, because uh, some people have having an issue with this, if you want to download the demo, you basically have to, like, yeah, f- f- you can't, like, search for the demo on, like, on, like, PSN. You actually have to, like, go to the purchase page for uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake and then download the demo from there. Yeah, that's why I have it linked, because it's yeah. a pain to find. Mm. Uh, that was me. So, Chris, what about you? Uh, yeah, so uh, kind of in getting ready for building an actual PC, I played some PC building simulator. Uh, started over my campaign because I have no clue what was going on. Uh, the one I started earlier this year or early last year, hmm. and was trying to do all the do all the the subtle hints that they have in the in each of the emails. Yeah, and then fucked up one of them. <laughs> uh, I think it was one where it's like, oh, you need to uh, do the virus check, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was just, uh, you know, fumbling around with a bunch of stuff, and I was like, all right, got all this done, and didn't really necessarily mention it in the the notes for the when you're actually working on the PC. So yeah. I was like, oh, I just completely forgot about it. Which is like the one issue I have with that game is just not having all the stuff that's mentioned on it. Yeah. What I think would really be really helpful is if you personally can identify something that you got to do that you could add it yourself to the worksheet. Yeah, that would be something really nice. like that. Yeah, uh, which I've been actually trying to do the the request for specific cables, that kind of thing. Yeah, which are always the really dumbest parts of the emails. It's like I've heard good things about the you know the white cables. <laughs> yeah, he wants white cables, and well, then the case comes in, and it's white, and then it's like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Like these are mostly white cables already. <laughs> I guess you want all white cables. Yep. And it's like this is the dumbest thing to ask for because mm-hmm. uh, they could just do it themselves if they mm-hmm. wanted to. But at least that's the one thing they're nice about in terms of they're just infinite supply. Yeah, if you buy them, you don't have to, to keep them. You just mm-hmm. buy uh, different colors, that kind of thing. So. I got at least up to the point where I paid my first rent hmm. uh, for that. And then I, last night, I was thinking about, uh, I was planning on streaming, but was just kind of too tired to do it. But my only idea was just, let's play some more PC building simulator. Hmm. Uh, maybe try and uh, build the machine I was, which there's like one thing <laughs> in the game that I actually have. Yeah. Uh, I guess the, the G-Skill RAM. Yeah. Oh, it's 3600 Versus the 3200 I have. Mm. So it's still even not quite that. So I put together like the closest thing. It's like, oh, it's $2,500. Like, yep, that's not. That's why I didn't build this thing. <laughs> uh, the prices in PC building simulator are not quite accurate. <laughs> yeah, they are UK prices. Yeah. They just replace the pound with the dollar, the mm. dollar sign, which it's not really how that works. No. They could, they could adjust it just by putting a multiplier on there. Yeah. On their back end, but whatever. Hmm. Uh, also, I'm sure with how much you've played, you hate the the startup sound. 
Oh, God. <laughs> it's the loudest thing ever. It's like, I thought we left these back in the 90s. Yeah. Because... Uh, Especially that one. It's it's like the Windows XP uh, sound like, as heard through a brain aneurysm. It's, yeah. it's, it's not good. It's like... Da, 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 da. And it's loud as hell. It's like there aren't even speakers attached to this thing. It's starting up. It shouldn't be this loud. Yeah. They yeah. just need an option. Just let me turn off the PC noise. Because <laughs> that's the only one. Mm. Uh, unless you maybe fuck up something real bad in a PC, but... That's pretty hard to do. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty fun to jump back into that. Uh, let's see. Been playing around with Picross stuff, and the the one that's on sale right now is Kimono Friends Picross, mm-hmm. uh, which I had no idea what Kimono Friends is, oh, which boy. is basically, from what I've gathered from the puzzles I've solved so far, it's basically uh, they've taken a bunch of different kinds of animals and made anime girls out of them. Yep. That's exactly what it is. There's like Emperor Penguin, and she kind of has like black hair that kind of slicks back like a penguin is, and has like the little uh, like yellow things on her hair, and that kind of thing. It's like, all right, I guess this is a thing. It's yep. more Picross, so that's fine with me. Uh, which has been pretty fun. They have, and this is a bit of an older one, so it doesn't have the color Picross in there, uh, but it has the other stuff where you're doing smaller puzzles to make a bigger one, that kind of stuff. That's uh, pretty nice. I think it's still on sale for a couple more days, but uh, these things go on sale so rarely it's uh, worth picking up uh, for people that want uh, Picross. Hmm. And uh, so I was watching uh, one of the people leaving GameStop, uh, GameSpot is uh, Mike Mahardy, who is a big Warframe uh, fan. Hmm. And so for his last day, Giant Bomb had a big uh, feral stream where they played uh, Warframe and also drank wine. Hmm. Uh, and watching it, I was just like, oh, I need to get back into that. And so I've been playing some Warframe this morning. Because hmm. uh, I can't just watch them play it and have fun. <laughs> it's like, i got to have that for me. So <laughs> uh, playing that, doing a few missions, and that's uh, one that was set in the open world area. Uh, that was pretty cool where you just kind of going around doing these uh, objectives and not being in the typical kind of uh, spaceship or kind of corridor shooter that the many of the levels are. Yeah. Where it's just kind of very straightforward for the most part. Uh, and they got some big events going on right now. Uh, so I'm trying to work on some of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's been pretty good and yeah, just kind of getting ready for this PC stream. I have the OBS stuff set up so that I have uh, uh, basically the parts list uh, on the side. Yeah. As well as just a picture of, uh, of the case just because I need to fill out a corner. <laughs> and the rest will just be webcam footage. Yeah. Mm. So that'll be uh, pretty good. Got the CPU last night. Uh, so I have everything. Mm. And... uh yeah, just getting ready for that. Getting some cleaning done here and straightening up uh, to free up the room for uh, being able to do all this stuff. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, cool. Well, I'll be. Uh, I'll join you tonight, and we'll do yep. that. And, yeah, that'll be at eight o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. Uh, Five o'clock Pacific. Yeah. Putting that together, talking about PCs and how. 
easy that stuff is compared to like 20 years ago. Yeah. This is going to be a little different for you because this is the first AMD one that you've done. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the, the, the CPU comes with a weird uh, cooler on it. At least from what the, the page was saying because it's like, you know, AMD Series 5 uh, 3600X with like uh, some weird cooler name I on it. The, like, I think it's the Wraith Spire. Yeah, that's right. it. Yeah. Very PC name. Yeah. Uh, where it's just, God damn, you people have no normal names anymore. <laughs> it's just, uh, I mentioned on Day Zero, it's basically like cars. Yeah. There's no no normal car names. You just got to find the, the weirdest dumb names. Hmm. Or they just go, it's, you know, just put numbers and letters together. Hmm. Uh, that's what a lot of it is now these days. Yeah. Uh, even the cases is weird because it's like, uh, Corsair Carbide Series 100R Silent Edition. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Which is also easy to see in PC Building Simulator when you're like, all right, what in this mess of words I'm seeing is the the important thing? <laughs> I'm like yeah. looking at just like graphics cards. Because they have like 2070s and 2080s, but no 2060s. Mm. Uh, yeah, they, well, yeah, they got 2060s, but not in the PS4 version. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I was looking, I was just playing the free build. Yeah. And so it just gives me you know, all the stuff. Hmm. And it's like, I guess I'll pick the closest thing. And then and it's like, oh, this is like 500 bucks. Like, yeah, that's, that's still not that's the not thing I, I have. Paid. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, but that's all because the fine details of the prices and all that is yeah, off. Messed up. Hmm. But yeah, that's been pretty much it. Right. It'd be fun. It'd be fun to have a, a PC so I can actually stream PC games. Yeah. I just like, I need 2D games that are very light on processing stuff. Hmm. Uh, or, or like when I tried to stream uh, American Truck Sim and it's like, all right, turn all the settings down. <laughs> oh God, yeah. this is, this is bad. This is a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, now I can actually do it proper. Yeah. Uh, which I figured out the, the better way to handle the installer stuff is just download all the installers on my E drive. Hmm. Since I'll be moving that over to the new PC, yeah, and putting the folder marked, download these or start these, yeah, just like make it all easy instead of using the internet for all this stuff. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's it. All right, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so I guess we'll move on to uh, the uh, continuing saga of GeForce Now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this seems to be an ongoing thing now. Uh, so uh, yeah, the developer of the Long Dark uh, woke up one morning and found that his that people were playing his game uh, on a platform that he didn't approve of, so he had mm-hmm. it removed. So that that was nice of him. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah. And the notion that like they don't even talk to the devs or the publishers mm-hmm. seems like the big issue here. Yeah, because uh, they don't like knowing not knowing where their game's available. Yeah, that's typically like the big thing. It's the the problem is their game is available on Steam where they put it. Yeah, you know, but uh, also Nvidia has to specifically make their the specific games available on their service. Yeah, well, yeah. What they do that's, is they have a Steam cache that they download the game to, and then yeah. So like it. when you go to install it, it's like yeah, it takes a couple seconds. There. Yeah, so uh, so yeah. that's it's kind of a mess, and uh, of course whatever, and of course the other big. Uh, publisher 2K decided that uh, they didn't want to have anything to do with it either, so their games yeah. 
disappeared. And at this point, it's it's starting to look to me like uh, if Nvidia wanted to, they could just spin that as a uh, as a feature. Well, uh, I guess. Yeah, because because they could go like uh, the only games you're going to find here are from companies that actually care about the games you own. Uh, yeah, that that would be one way to spin it, but. Well, if they did that, they probably would end up having a lot less partners in the, the future, so they probably don't want yeah, to Yeah, that's piss everybody not off. great for their graphics card side of their yeah. business. And yeah. Also, NVIDIA is not hurting for money. They make tons of money. Yeah. They could easily give a little kickback to these guys. Yeah. Well, Say, hey, for putting this up on our service, letting us do this, you know, here's, you know, a good cut. Yeah. Make it worth your while. Yeah. Well, I think they can they can ride this out. It's uh, it's going to get sorted out sooner or later. It's just yeah. for people who have jumped onto the platform early. It's it's kind of turbulent because you know some of the games that you, you could fire it up and it's like oh I, I can't play that anymore. Yeah. Uh, now I have to download it locally. Oh well, okay, I can do that. I guess. Yeah. Which kind yeah, of defeats the purpose of cloud gaming. So yeah. It's not the best way to run a platform. It's just to put all the things on it and then find out later, oh, these people aren't actually interested in putting this up on the service. Yeah. Uh, at least for the the lump sum of $0 yeah. uh, to them, which is like, yeah. Well, they can make a nice deal like they did with Google, and nobody will buy their game there anyway. Um, so yeah. uh, I guess they prefer that. So, uh, yeah. As you might have guessed, Stadia is kind of going nowhere right now. Uh, they did get uh, a former Sony exec to head up a uh, uh, a pretty big development studio that's going to be doing exclusive games for Stadia. And you typically want to do that before you launch the platform? Usually, yeah. Not while everybody yeah. can't be bothered to even look at it again. I don't know um, if you've seen pictures of the studio itself. No. Uh, it is like one of the... Looks like it should be featured in like devs. The <laughs> FX series is like this is a lot of money spent on this. Yeah. And not on the platform. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. It's like super I think it's supposed to be in like one of the hangars uh uh Howard Hughes used. Yeah. For his yeah. planes. <laughs> it's like Oops, It's like okay, that's then. um super elites uh uh re, uh you know, housing service like thing. Just yeah. we're just buying these uh, these things that the Super Elite used. Okay. Yeah. Well, Google owns a few of those already. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. just in case you're uh, one to feel sorry for Google <laughs> at any points. Yeah. They have plenty of money to keep themselves afloat. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, I have my free trial for Stadia. It kind of expires in May, so we'll see how that goes. But. You know, given that I can run pretty much all of these locally anyway, I don't really see much point in it for for my particular use case. But yeah, I, I do like the technology. It it does like actually work, which is something I can't really say for a lot of things that I've tried. So. Yeah, they're just they're a platform hurting for products to make you want to use the platform. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alrighty, so let's move on to COVID nineteen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, GDC. This was a big one. It got pushed back because of uh you know COVID nineteen, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Pretty much. Yeah. Everybody Which... was backing out and apparently GDC made the decision, yeah, it's probably a smart idea just to push this for a little while. Yeah, they're gonna have uh, refunds for the people that paid for badges. Uh 
and I think even for those that went through GDC themselves for accommodations. Yeah. But those that did that themselves are up to the whims of the hotels and airlines. Yes. To get their refunds, and they're probably not going to want to give up their money. Yeah. Because they're not going to have great business coming up here. Yeah. They'll get credit, uh, basically, <laughs> just so they can Yeah, so, so there are people that like have their stuff locked in or just like, well, we'll go to San Francisco anyway and hold like a not GDC party. <laughs> not GDC. Thing. <laughs> uh, kind of thing, like a little gathering. Which is what happened uh, at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. So. Yeah. Because yeah, they announce all this stuff like weeks ahead of people coming in. Mm. It's like, well, that's good you made a decision, but it's uh, it's not great for all the small people that are coming in. Yeah. They don't have, you know, uh, big companies behind them that can comp their tickets. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, we just saw like, Google canceled I.O. this year. Um, yeah, Apple has WWDC in June, but I would be very surprised if that doesn't get canceled or migrated yeah. to an online-only event, which is probably what would end up happening. Yeah, that's what I think we'll end up seeing with, like, Sony and Microsoft sort of showing off their big platforms, just stick to, like, online streams instead of big press events. Yeah, yeah I think we're definitely on E3 watch now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would be very surprised if E3 happens this year. I, I, yeah, <laughs> with, with the amount PSA of... said they're paying attention, it's like, yeah, you should probably announce this sooner rather than later. Yeah, uh, you need to announce it at least two months away, uh, so... Uh, that's that deadline's that window is closing, so I'm hurry yep. it up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, uh, they'll just hold it. They'll just hold it at hotels across the country yeah. instead. <laughs> just stream between them. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll be uh, keeping an eye on that. Uh, usually, we do like E3 coverage this year, and well, we'll cover something. We don't know what it will be. I assume the press conferences will still happen, but yeah, we can easily do that. But they might anything be else, located, like, but we'll, yeah, we'll see. Hmm. Yeah, there won't be probably won't be a show floor. So yeah, I think even Devolver Digital said they're uh, not going to be showing their press conference live this yeah. year. I don't think Just their press conference is ever live. Mm-hmm. Well, the video is not live, but yeah. the where they show it, yeah, it's not going to be. Mm. Well. Uh, I'm going to be tuning in for that anyway because it, it, those press conferences are amazing. So, yeah, I always look forward to those. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the Telegraphic 16 Mini, uh, Konami has uh, postponed that because of production de- delays. That's because, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much everything in China is shut down right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Most of their components are made in China. Mm. And they haven't been doing much for the last few weeks. Nope. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you were expecting it to come out in February, uh, that didn't happen. Uh, and uh, March, it's looking like, well, it's probably not going to see it this month either. So maybe next month? I hope so, because I do want to get my hands on one of those. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All And that's uh, the uh, COVID watch. Um Probably also mentioned, you know, Minecraft Festival was canceled. Uh, a bunch of esports mm-hmm. events were canceled, but yeah, uh, I'm really I, starting I, to wonder about Evo. Yeah, <laughs> that's another thing. Uh, if uh, well, they'll have to make the, the the call pretty soon if that's going to happen. Uh, 
Yeah, they're in Vegas, so that's hmm, a lot of people go there. Oh, mm-hmm. Big international hub too. Yeah, yeah, and Evo even when like, Evo's not going, <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And the, the thing about Evo and like a lot of these other esports events is like you can't really do this as an online event. It that no. just doesn't work. Uh, it would pretty much rob it of any legitimacy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if, if it doesn't get outright canceled, I suspect it probably ends up getting postponed a couple of months, uh, if they can manage it or... Evo in the fall, that would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Might actually be better. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, you don't take two steps out of the hotel and feel like you've stepped into a microwave. Yeah. So. Cause that's, that's what Evo is like in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if anybody says, oh, it's dry heat, you, you just say, fuck you. <laughs> oh, these people, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It, it, it's hot. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some rumors and some not so rumors. Uh, the uh, Xbox Series X, Microsoft, you know, confirmed a few features that are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some specs that uh, mean very little unless you have context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, 12 teraflops, which yes. from what I've heard, it's not really a number you can easily come to. It's kind of arbitrary how you come to it mm. well, in the, a way. The calculation is it's yeah. well known. It's the uh, it's the, the amount of uh, stream processors you have multiplied by the clock speed, uh, yeah. which is what you end up, up with. Uh, yeah, but I've read like you can fudge it a little bit if you want. Yeah. It's not really as important as other things. Yeah. Uh, but to provide a little context, that 12 teraflop number, uh, we'll assume this is the best case scenario and it's single precision, so FB16. Uh, slightly less accurate math, but for games, that's not really that big of a problem. Uh, if you're going with that number, uh, that puts it on a, on a uh, performance level of about a GTA, an RTX 2080 Super. That's a that's pretty powerful for a console. Uh, yeah, you know you're talking about a pretty high end like it's that's at least a you know six or seven hundred dollar graphics card there. Um, yep. So yeah. they try and frame it like twice of the Xbox One X, eight times the original Xbox One, which doesn't mean anything. No, that doesn't really mean that much because. Uh, you're de- dealing with completely different arch- architecture, so there's going to be gains yeah. inherent it's, to that. You're going to get gains from just having NVMe yeah. SSDs that improve just read times. Yep. All that kind of stuff. Like that's just that's just dumb way to catch the the casual people that don't pay attention to any stuff. Yeah. Like oh, twice an Xbox One X. Oh. For like the same price, ooh, <laughs> like <laughs> a bit more, <laughs> which is another thing that is still up in the air. Uh, like I said, I, I've, I'm like I'm sticking to my guns so that it probably will be very expensive, and I I think 600 might actually happen, uh, which might be countered by a cheaper model that they refuse to talk about. Yes, which is the the catch here. Yeah, it's like. Okay, this sounds all nice, but are you guys just abandoning this because they're not talking price? It's like you can see a lot of like potential like 
catches. Yeah. Well, the fact I, that they're really not talking prices at all right now anyway is not too surprising because I don't think no. either, either company really wants to show their hand at this point. But, I don't think they want to like scare people off before they actually see games. Yeah. Or anything like that. It's like, yeah. oh, it's going to be 600 bucks. You're like, what? Fuck you. Yeah. I'll show you the games. You're like, oh, okay. At least with the PS3, when they announced 600 bucks, we got to see like the... Uh, but, well, what, what did we get to see when we saw the price? We got to see a like whole bunch of bullshit. Sec- <laughs> yeah, that was like their second reveal. Yeah. So we at least got to see games leading up to that point. Yeah, we got to see that awesome, uh, what was it, Genji Days of the Blade that uh, with the historically accurate Scorpion. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I suspect we'll see. Uh, Forza, I suspect, is going to end up being a launch title. Um it wasn't a scorpion. It was a giant enemy crab. Do you not okay. remember your memes? Okay. Well, actually, <laughs> it had a carapace. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah. it was dumb. That's yeah, all you need. It to was know. dumb. Yeah. It was a Japanese game for yeah. Christ's sake. Yeah. They're always like that. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and, uh, but but I think one of the cooler things that I saw was the multiple game suspend, which is really interesting. Uh, and I think Major Nelson was suggesting that you will be able to keep those even if you're having to reboot the system. Yeah, they survive reboots, which, which is, is like real cool. okay. <laughs> it makes me hope they don't have the like 30 minute reboot that the current Xbox One X has for well, me. I would imagine with the, uh, the the fact that it's going to be an NVMe drive, the reboot time is going to be pretty quick. But, yeah. Uh, we hope so. Yeah. Microsoft can pull off some amazing things. Oh, yeah. They have the best engineers in the world. They, they will figure out how to make something really slow. Uh, yeah, they it, somehow made a much more powerful Xbox One that ran exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, as far as the OS was concerned. Yeah. Had all the same issues. Yeah. We know they're the greatest at OSs. Mm. Yeah, we're all using them. So <laughs> they work most of the time. Except when Skype decides to change all your settings for no apparent reason. Yeah. Or they put out an update that changes your audio settings so you don't you have to figure out how to get your mic working again. Yeah, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. Because it's um, in a completely different section of the settings menus. Yep. My personal favorite was the update that makes it so you can't reboot your computer anymore. Mm. Uh, that was great. Um, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that one. Mm. But, yeah. But yeah, uh, let's see. SSD, we don't know how much. I assume a terabyte. Uh, yeah, some rumors are 500 gigabyte, but I would be very surprised if they go anywhere below a terabyte. Uh, yeah, I don't think you can. No. Though we don't really know what the effects that will have on game size because they don't have to necessarily have redundant data. Yeah. This time around, especially with your ability that both are pushing, that you'll be able to, you know, essentially delete parts of the game that you don't need. Well, it's audio languages or if you're playing like game that has single player multiplayer like you can delete one if you're done with that yeah which is something they started doing here on recently on the xbox one uh not a lot of games do it though Hmm. yeah yeah it's and sometimes it requires you to actually launch the game to make that decision it's like it's not the easiest way to do this yeah i think sony's had a bit of a better one where you launch, uh, go start downloading some games. It's like, oh, what do you want to download first? Mm. That's like, yeah, that's probably better. Still not quite there in terms of having control of the what all it's installing. 
Yeah. Which is like where we need to go for this generals. Uh, these games are going to get too huge for the internal hard drives. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently the external hard drive situation is going to be a little interesting because the, they're both supposedly going to be expandable. Uh, how they do that is going to be interesting. Uh, and by the special raid uh, expansion <laughs> setup that you put the the sticks into. Yeah, you could do that. Uh, actually, I'm pretty know. sure some company's going to do that. <laughs> yeah, giant, uh, you know, six stick uh, array of. Uh, I mean, the Xbox One already looks like that kind of. Th- or Xbox Series X looks like that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like just make a sep- uh you know, another like bread box looking thing next to it. Just put the sticks in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it also makes me wonder if that internal drive is going to be expand- is going to be replaceable. Uh, yeah. in, in theory, they could do it unless they solder that uh, that drive directly to the, the motherboard, which is something they could do. During just what the Wii U did, Wii U did. I think it was it's what Apple does with their yeah. Macs. Uh, Microsoft has not been too keen on letting people replace internal hard drives this gen. No, but it would give them uh, the the ability if if they did do that, it would probably make things uh, easier on them in terms of support. Uh, yeah, so. and hopefully with this design, that's much easier than yeah, uh, like an Xbox One or a Xbox 360. Yeah, you can like just, just pop, pop off a panel in the back and yeah. stick the stick in there and screw it down, and you're good to go because. Installing an NVMe drive, as you'll see tonight, is like stupid easy. <laughs> so, and you just have to find the place where to put it. Yeah. Yep. Because it's as the one thing is like I was looking at that. I was like, where the fuck do I put this on? <laughs> and it's like the new egg has like the thing that points out like the different spots, but it doesn't point out the NVMe slot. Yeah. I had to look it up on the official site for the motherboard. Yeah. It's like, oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah Why the either, fuck does the new egg? It's have either this? right above your uh, graphics card it's like slot right or in the right middle underneath of it. Yeah. It. Mm. So. It's like an unassuming thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, from the angle. Okay, I can see it from this angle. Yeah. From looking at top, it just looks like another part of the mm. motherboards you don't bother with. Yeah. Like some of them have like these weird like metal things that are covering slots. Yeah, which you have to take off to put it in. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like that's the most complicated thing in the whole yeah. whole system. It's like they're hiding shit on there. <laughs> not even telling you what's in there. All right. Uh, so, uh, of course, not to be outdone, uh, Sony is uh, – the, the rumors are Sony will have two SKUs as well for the PS5. Um, yeah. Reasonable. Seems reasonable, but uh, the – People are not thinking that this rumor is credible. Uh, mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I would mean, bet I, they are still stinging from the PS3 situation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they'd probably like to just have the one easy thing to like, here's the thing for 400 bucks. It'll yeah. get you all the new games. Yeah. So, that would be best for both, but the thing is going to throw in the wrench is the coronavirus stuff, just limiting production Capabilities oh, yeah. yeah. You think we might see the launches slip into next year? Uh, according to AMD, no. Well, might uh, just have... At least their SB. production won't, but yeah. whether my, whether the actual assembly and manufacturing gets delayed is another thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, CPU and GPU might be fine, but where you get the cases made yeah. and yeah. the various other parts made and put those, together... Those are typically done at Shenzhen, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, the... <laughs> 
could just have an old-fashioned uh, launch where it's just really limited, not like PS4 and Xbox One where they're like, we got more than we need <laughs> so we can sell a million plus at launch for the biggest launches ever. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, we, we could do that. I mean, we could have lots of scalpers. That, that's, that's, that's always great to have at launch. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You oh, damn it. Anyway. So. Where you have to follow the, uh, like the dirt sheets, like where's, oh, I heard Target's getting a, a shipment of five this week. <laughs> yeah. You gotta go get in line. Now in stock.com. Like, <laughs> like the Wii had or Xbox 60 had for a while. Yeah. So maybe yeah. a return to form yeah. for some of these consoles where you just, you have to really want that system. Yeah. So. Yeah, so so I don't think uh, that there will be two PS5s, uh, not personally, uh, because oh, the, the rumor is, is there would be a PS5 Pro to go along with the base PS5. I could see that in like three or four years. Three or four years, or well, maybe in eighteen months at the at the least. But yeah, yeah. At I launch, think I don't. Yeah. I don't think they want that kind of confusion. No, I uh, I, I think. What ends up happening is uh, Microsoft will probably end up announcing the the system details fully, and if they commit to two, then maybe Sony will do will will follow suit. Uh, unless I just you know, figured it'd be a hard drive variable. Yeah, uh, no, the they will actually be a spec variable. Uh, and uh, well, the rumor is the the smaller one will have a four teraflop GPU, which puts it a little bit under the. Uh, Xbox One X, so I don't really credit that rumor too much. Because why would you want to sell a next generation console that's less powerful than? It's not next generation. One? Yeah. Yeah, like your Xbox Series X S. Yeah. Would be about the same as the Xbox One S. <laughs> that doesn't. Which is like, why sense. would you pay like twice the price for one of those? That, yeah. Because I, I guess it could play the new games, but. Yeah, you'll still be able to kind of for those that do Xbox One versions anyway. Yeah, probably won't run well, but hey, yeah. it's cheaper, cheaper than the cheap box for the next gen. Yeah, that well, just creates like a the Xbox 360 issue where they had the uh, the arcade edition that was cheaper, but also didn't have a hard drive. Yeah, that made developers you know annoyed. Very annoyed. The option of having to account for people that might just had like a 50 meg memory card <laughs> as their only storage. And it's like, uh, that made sense, you know, in 2005, but, uh, a year later it did not make sense Yeah, when they were the only one that didn't have internal storage Yeah, so we'll uh, on all their systems. Yeah. We'll look forward to, to finding out more is, uh, if, if I'm Microsoft, uh, what I'm and I'm looking to do a lower priced SKU, uh, what I end up do doing is making their lower priced SKU about as powerful as their PlayStation Five would be. Uh, so you got a nine teraflop and a twelve teraflop, you know, big high end one, and then a little less, but still very very capable. Uh, that's, yeah, that's how I would go anyway. So yeah, take out that hard drive. To neuter it. Yeah. No, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know what. You're going to get solid state storage on either yeah. one. I don't think that's a feature. You have them an Xbox One on. controller, not the the new one. That They could do that, honestly, but yeah. I don't know. As it's, far as their manufacturing goes, I don't think that's going to be a yeah. big of an issue. It'll be a slightly smaller bread box. Yeah. 
Won't be a bread box. Maybe uh, I don't know. Tupperware container. Uh, That's what we. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, If you've been waiting to see Half Life Alex in action, uh, Valve's got you covered. They uh, yep released a whole bunch of gameplay footage. Uh huh. And uh, if you don't have VR yet, you're probably gonna want it. Yeah. And are able to use it, unlike yeah. Phil. Well, I can use it. That's that's the problem. I just don't have it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, then you might need to start saving, won't you? Yeah. So this year's going to be expensive. Because, holy crap, this is amazing. Mm. Like, legitimately mouth-dropping amazing. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is the kind of thing that's going to take for VR to go, oh, so that's why we want it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, at it would have to people come that, from Valve. Mm. Yeah, at least for people that weren't already sold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, that's always hard to try to figure out what gets them. Yeah. When they don't necessarily have access to one to see like the, the breadth of games that are out there. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I will give uh, Valve credit for the fact that they're doing trying to make it so this game can be available on every VR platform that's currently available. Yeah, they're not so, limiting it to strictly um, their their Index or Vive or whatever. It's going to be on Oculus. It's going to be on the, the Microsoft yeah. platform for the four people that have that. Yeah, um, yeah which is good because Indexes are hard to find right now. Yeah. yeah. They're like waiting to get their next version out. Yep. Yeah. So you remember when we were growing up and, you know, the, uh, let me let me just put it this way. Half-Life Alex is basically like how I imagined virtual reality would be like growing up. Hmm. Like this is this is this is it right here. Yeah. Because you've got this fully immersive world that is infinitely almost infinitely manipulable by the player um with a you know things that you can pick up and things that you can actually like physically open uh things that you can store away you actually have to load stuff into your gun Mm -hmm. um you can actually like move stuff around it's it's amazing yeah I've I've actually heard that Valve is um, looking to just expand this past the the kind of hand controllers that they have and go into full gloves. Uh, yeah, which is based on what I'm seeing, probably something that would work very well if they could actually pull it off. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah. Also, I want to point out because I know some people are going to look at the look at only maybe one or two of these gameplay videos they've got here. Um, you've basically got three modes of movement that you can choose from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you can just move manually like you would in any regular first-person shooter, but they've also got that, I guess you could call it like a teleport jump type yeah. movement. And that's yeah, teleportation. For, yeah, it's mostly for people who have have to deal with stuff like vertigo. Yeah, So and small rooms. <laughs> stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, just just watching this thing is amazing. And you know, do you remember? God, it 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 has to have been over ten years now when Half Life Two came out. Yeah, that was two thousand four. Yeah, that's that's a long time ago. Yeah, mm. that's like over fifteen years. Mm. Um, 
and think and watching that thing and thinking, holy crap, it can never get any better than this. Hmm. Because when Half-Life 2 came out, it was jaw-dropping how gorgeous it was. Hmm. <laughs> um, Funny part is, all- like, unlike a lot of 3D games the, over the years, Half-Life 2, if you play it now, it still holds up. Oh, yeah, it holds up really well. Yeah. They've also been updating it, too. Yeah. yeah. I think they updated the original to fix, like, a weird eye bug. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I guess that's commitment to fixing every little thing. Yeah. yeah. It also gave a source filmmaker, so... Yeah. Uh, for for better or worse. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's also probably, like, the single-handedly the reason why a whole bunch of PC gamers had to basically sell their plasma and so they could update their rig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And now you got this, and this is probably the game that's finally going to make VR break through. Yep. And then, and- of course, my my immediate thing thought after this is, okay, Portal 3, please. Or Half-Life 3, for that matter. Oh, that's never happened. Which, <laughs> no, actually, they have said that uh, if Half-Life Alex does well, they are gonna they are considering doing Half-Life 3. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. But this is also Valve we're talking about. So. Yeah. They've started Half-Life 3 a lot of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Considering it and actually finishing it. Yeah. Two different mm-hmm. things. Two different, very different things. Yeah. People just move their desks out of the room when they're done working on it. Yeah. Which seems very inefficient, but that's that's Valve. Uh, so let's uh, move on here. Uh, Dead or Alive Six, yeah. Tecmo Koei went ahead and like janked the hell out of it again. Uh, they added uh, premium currencies, well, premium tickets, as they're calling them. Uh, and uh, the rationale behind this is that you can use premium tickets to uh, buy season pass costumes because. Uh-huh. That's a thing. Yeah, they've that actually been there for a while now. Yeah. Um, so now they, they've rolled out the, the option to pay, pay a premium ticket to change your character's hair color. Once. Once. If you want to change again, you pay another premium ticket. Um, needless to say, their response to this uh, change was uh, not exactly positive. Um, yeah. It's like now you're now we've got microtransactions for... Uh, insubstantial game features. Yeah, like monetizing the hell out of everything now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they've gone pretty far. Yeah, they're getting they're gonna there. Keep testing the rest of it. Yeah, like oh nope, okay, hair colors off limits. Yeah, How about painty colors. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's oh dear god, <laughs> that is something they would totally do. Yeah. Um, yeah. They already charge you seventy five bucks for a series of costumes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for one season, to... it's worth the costumes. Yep. And uh, like, there's a lot of a lot of uh, like uh, stuff that I've seen where they add up the the price of all of the costumes and stuff, and it ends up being like a thousand plus dollars. What's kind of uh, a little bit misleading about that, though, is. Uh, those prices often include the season pa- pass uh, bundle prices, f- or uh, as well as the individual ones. So, 
Yeah. So it's a little bit. Your mileage may vary. Yeah, mileage may vary. It's still, it's not. I also don't blame them for not wanting to look at the description of every little thing and figure out which is in which thing. Yeah. What's the thing that's not actually in there and they're still charging for it and all this other stuff. Yeah. This is why I just grab. uh, the bund- little bundles they do is like, oh, here's the the free to play version plus the special character. Yeah. And it's like, all right, this is the only way I'm going to interact with this game is get the free characters when they put them out. <laughs> yeah. And then build up my library of characters that way. Yeah. Not engage with the uh, eighty dollar bundle uh, season pass bundles. <laughs> yeah. Of course, they, the, it's probably not too far along to think that they would, you know, charge you a microtransaction to select a character. I mean, effectively to do. You're on the free to play. You do the free to play. Pay for each character. (laughs) Yeah, but you pay once. I mean, I'm talking every time you play the game, and then it's like an arcade game, and then Uh oh, oh no, no, I I don't need that. So that was the uh, the game room bundle uh, Mm. thing there. Yeah, they charged you for each play of a game. Or Tekken Revolution. Oh yeah, that that was um, that was an interesting experiment. Um, and you can take interesting. It was command. definitely an experiment. Yes, I got all the trophies for that, but you could get that in like fifteen minutes, so it was much, much there. Uh, but they did announce a new character at least, so we got that going for us. Yeah, and it's an interesting one too. Um, the character is Tamaki, who has been in the Dead or Alive Extreme titles, um, I guess a while now, but um. This is um, her main series debut, and she's going to be an Aikido fighter, hmm. which, being the Dead or Alive series, what took so long? Hmm. Because that's, like, one of the perfect fighting styles to implement in a system like what DOA uses. Yeah. And watching the um, the gameplay video from Famitsu, which I've actually linked to in the show notes, uh yeah, I I might have to consider playing her just because she looks so fun to use. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of catch throws, a lot of um, a lot of interesting feints. There's what looks like some sabakis out of Virtua Fighter mm. um, going on here, and yeah, she, um. I don't remember seeing a character this unique since maybe Kokoro yeah. in DOA 4. Yeah. And, yeah, just get, give the gameplay video a look. Uh, she looks really fun. Yeah. And it's, she's out Tuesday. Yeah, she's out Tuesday. So that'll be, I think, the th- what, third or fourth DLC character that they've done, released so far? Well, they've done Mai and Kula, uh, Rachel... Um, hmm. Momiji. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be about fifth or sixth. Hmm. I think I might be forgetting one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if Team Ninja were just allowed to, you yeah, know, no Tengu. Make the game, no Tengu. Yeah, true. Although that was you know, a launch, but launch. still a DLC character. Yeah. It didn't have to be, but they did that anyway. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, we kind of touched on this a little earlier. Uh, Google hires uh, Shannon Studstill from Sony Santa Monica over to uh, uh, head up their new studio. And this is if you want to see pictures of the place, um, you can check out the 
article there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's been at Sony Santa Monica for quite a long time. Uh, and in her place, uh, they have promoted Yumi Yang to take over, mm-hmm. uh, who's also been there. Uh, Cory Ballock posted a picture saying, like, yeah, these are two of my favorite people here that would uh, that he wouldn't have come back if it weren't for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, very much he approves of that. Yeah. And it seems like Google's got a good person here. Whether that's going to be enough to turn around Stadia as far as their original stuff. Yeah. yeah it's still going to be a while before we see what they're working on. I highly doubt it. Mm. Uh, my, you know, this is a potential uh, avenue that I, I don't think a lot of people have considered. Uh, if Google is putting all these this resources into uh, game studios that uh, are supposed to be developing for Stadia... Well, if Stadia doesn't pan out, um, what do you think? Maybe we see these uh, games end up on uh, Microsoft or Sony platforms. Uh, because at that point, they will have already invested a good deal of you know, R&D into them. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a possibility. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, quick one here. Uh, if you want to play Ghost of Tsushima, and you probably should want to play Ghost of Tsushima because it looks fucking amazing, mm-hmm. uh, you can play it uh, June 26th of this year. So we got the definite release date, which... Hey! Yep. Finally. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus they... Christ, how long has this game been in development? Uh, a minute. A few years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think five, if wow. I'm not mistaken. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be out June 26th, and they announced their... Uh, other editions. Uh, there's going to be the $70 Digital Deluxe Edition, which uh, one of the nice things they have in here is actually a director's commentary. Mm. Uh, it says, Creative Team sits down with a renowned Japanese historian to look at the world of Ghost of Tsushima and how it compares to the real-life events that inspired it. Mm. Uh, as well as your usual bonuses, like an art book, uh, themes, DLC kind of stuff there. Yeah. yeah. I would love it if more games did developer commentaries like that. Like, remember how uh, yes. Valve did it in uh, in Portal and Half Life yep. Two with the little thought balloons uh, that you could uh, run into and play the yeah. audio from. That, that's what they really should do. That's really cool. So you can at least have yeah. the illustration of what they're actually talking about right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thomas Wells alone had a really good one where it's just audio that just played. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you didn't, you just turn it down if you don't want to listen to it, or you can turn it up if you do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's see. There's $70 special edition, the physical version that has a special steel book. It looks really nice. Uh, and then there's the collector's edition for 170 or 220 up there, Phil. Yeah. Uh, includes an actual Sakai mask, uh, stand, uh, Sashi Mona war banner, cloth map, uh, war and cloth in the steel book, along with the, the DLC stuff they mm. have in there. And a 48 page mini art book. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, Ghost of Tsushima, the game takes place uh, during the Mongol invasion of Japan, which, yeah. yes, they totally tried to do that. Yeah. Um, and then they all died in a tornado. Yeah, the, the weather wasn't hospitable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, it was a tsunami, to yeah. be clear. Um, and it actually happened to them twice. <laughs> uh, which is where the whole concept of, like, you know divine wind comes from <laughs> yeah 
So, because hmm. you know, once you get, you know, once you know the weather manages to step in to save you from a rampaging horde of Mongols, hmm. you're like, uh, whatever deity did this, I should probably get on their good side. Yeah, especially if it happens twice. <laughs> yeah, like, and right. just about in the same area too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they put out a story trailer to go along with this, which uh, highlights the the villain, yeah. uh, Kotun Khan, who's the leading uh, the leader of the invading Mongol army. Yep. Uh, so you get to check him out. Yeah. Yeah, this is one uh, where I kind of wish they would do a uh, a themed PS4 Pro for. Um, yeah. That would be a perfect way to send the PS4 out. Yep. So. Uh, that may be something they announce later. Uh, I don't know because yeah, maybe potential there. Usually yeah. the uh, the announcement of the game editions and the bundle uh, they don't tend to, tend to coincide. So, uh, so we'll also on. for those who are curious, uh, the Mongol invasion of Japan. Uh, this was not under Genghis Khan. And no. Genghis, well, Jen- Genghis Khan, his no. real name, but everyone calls him Genghis Khan. It no. was uh, Kublai Khan, his son. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, so Platinum Games has showed off their new uh, game, Project GG. Yep, and it is uh, it's part of their what they call their trilogy mm. of their like Sentai games. Mm. Yep, uh, starting with uh, what was the Beautiful Joe, Beautiful Joe, Wonderful One Hundred, now this Wonderful One Hundred One. Mm. But yeah, yeah, Wonderful One Hundred One Hundred One. Yeah, uh, which just finished its uh, Kickstarter campaign. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, this fairly successfully too. Yeah, yeah the teaser trailer here looks pretty nice. Uh, shows off kind of an Ultraman kind of style hmm. to it, uh, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Uh, so what else we got here? Roundup that we're doing. Uh, Dangerous Driving Two has just been announced by Three Fields. Um, yep. Yeah, if you liked the original Dangerous Driving but thought it was a little bare bones, um, this one's bigger. Yeah, this one has an open world to explore, uh, as well as uh, closed circuit racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if that's more like Hot Pursuit, the Criterion Hot Pursuit, where it had the closed circuit racing, but you could also drive around in an open world. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't anything to do in it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that seems to be uh, their big thing here. So yeah. we have this open world uh, thing that's uh, could be pretty cool. Yeah. This will be the first of their games to get on Switch. Yeah. So be Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC yeah. coming out later this year. Yeah, they've been cranking them out, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, uh, I believe from what I remember from uh, an interview they did around the time Dangerous Dragon was coming out was Basically, put all the money they get from the game uh, into the next thing, hmm. and then work on it as much as that allows them to. Yeah, which is where you definitely see like the, a lot of the limitations and such from it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but they're also starting from a base that they built on already. So yeah. Hmm. Anyway, uh, so another announcements: Yacht Club has announced new Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeons. Yeah. Yep. This is uh, the new like roguelike uh, puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, which is uh, pretty cool from the way it looks. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, they showed it off uh, during their big live stream last week. Uh, that was... Uh, I forget who is working on this one specifically that they're partnering with. Uh, they got a lot of information here. Uh, it's sort of a falling block game. Uh, and sort of dealing damage back and forth based on matching uh, specific icons and all that kind of stuff. So oh, that's puzzle fight. Looks like a pretty cool uh, little thing here. Yeah, I like that the Shovel Knight is you know it's become like a thing, a very mm-hmm. very popular franchise. Yeah, right. and they're able to kind of partner with these different developers to work on more than just a uh, pure sequel. Yeah. So. so they got this, they got the, uh, I forget what the other game is called, that uh, they announced a while ago. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're kind of working on a bunch of these uh, little small spinoffs. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, and finally, we'll end up with uh, an update on the Nintendo PlayStation. Uh, the Heritage, Heritage auctions uh, have actually closed. Uh, and it sold for a little over $300,000. So, well, that uh, fell short of expectations. Yeah, so maybe uh, the, the, the folks uh, who uh, turned down that $1.3 million offer from the museum uh, are feeling pretty stupid right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. But at least Palmer Lucky didn't win it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't get it. Uh, he he got outbid by somebody and then, then didn't bother um, answering the bid back. So uh, I guess he was just driving the price up. I don't know. But yeah. So this has been sold. Um, the person that actually won it. Uh, yeah, I don't think they've actually announced who that is. It is the person that owns Pets.com. Oh. That's oh, that's random. Re- yeah, that's strange, because Pets.com is not a thing anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rather famously not a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the epitome of the dot-com crash. Mm. Well, from what I can tell, it uh, forwards to PetSmart.com. <laughs> so so they, own the, they own the domain. They own the domain. Mm. So. All right, uh, so that's... That the only known working one, thanks to Ben Heck, um, is sold and it's going to somebody's shelf apparently, uh, or I don't know what's going to end up happening. Maybe he gives it away, or yeah. he donates it to a museum who ends up spending a lot less money than uh, than they originally intended. Who knows? Oh. But yeah, yeah, uh, it's Greg Mecklemore. Okay, oh. uh, it was the owner of Pets.com, and I guess he's a big collector. Hmm. Spent 20 years assembling a collection of rare and vintage video games and arcade amusement machines. Yeah. Okay, one of them people. They made his first purchase at, shortly after selling 50% of Pets.com to Amazon, turning the company over to a new CEO. <laughs> oh, so he got his, So he's smart. He got himself out of there <laughs> right in time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at this Polygon article. It says uh, he intends to loan... It to the University of Southern California's Pacific Asia Museum. Okay. Uh, for exhibit next spring and summer, showcasing Asian influence on the video game industry. Mm. All right. It's okay. He's doing some cool stuff with it. Yeah. At least he's not a jerk. Mm. Like Palmer Lucky. Yeah. Mm. And his wall. Yep. Well, no, he's not responsible for the wall. That's somebody else. Yeah. 
so yeah, uh, I'd like to remind everybody, if you haven't uh, subscribed to the show, you can uh, do so at uh, anchor.fm slash update. Head over there and uh, mm-hmm. pick your platform and get it delivered directly to your ear balls. It's ear mouth to you, idiot. If you have <laughs> ear balls, you should probably get that looked at. Yeah, you should yeah, get that sounds those. like a medical issue. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're called earlobes, Phil. Yeah. They're yeah. natural. Uh, I'm not a Ferengi. I'm sorry. That's just that's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> so, uh, And also, of course, check out smashpad.com where some of our written content is there. Not some of it. All of it. It's there. So for Brandon Perkins, Patrick Mifflin, and Chris Sologi, I'm Filippo Dinalfo, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>